1: Hello friends and welcome to Tuesday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It's the post-Easter edition. I hope you all had a fantastic Easter, ate a lot of chocolate and had a bloody good time because you wouldn't have had much of a good time if you were watching It's Town, sadly. My name is Mark Heath. I'm your host as ever and with me this week, two wise men. The third one having another day off, relaxing after his long glamorous trip to Rochdale yesterday on Bank Holiday Monday. The man who accompanied him, he doesn't need a day off. Andy Hutch Warren, how are you my friend? We
2: are. There are not enough days off in the world that could be offered in part exchange for for uh, what occurred yesterday. What a miserable, what a miserable Easter, Easter Monday that was. Um, I think Stu deserves deserves every every moment away from it. Um, I'm in a darkened room today. I've closed all my curtains. Um, This is the only time I'll be talking about it all. Um, So I thought we would record it. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. There we go. Football, you're, eh? You're decompressing. I was just saying before we started recording that um, I know you boys obviously get paid to to travel and cover these games, but I'm not sure you get paid anywhere near enough, mate. Uh, I mean, I know the fans can't go to games at the moment, but they had a lucky escape yesterday. You boys had to travel eight hours just to get there and back. That's just basic travel. And then you had to watch one of the worst games of football yeah. that anyone could ever see. Not a single shot on target from either side.
2: I don't know if I've ever seen that before, um, and I hope to never see it again. We, like w- when we pulled up at Rochdale, we we sat out. We got there quite early, and we sat out in the car park at Scotland um, next. We parked next to a, a Ferrari, wishing nice. that was that, wishing that was ours. Um, but we rolled up quite early, and we sat. We we just sat in the car park and we talked. So if in a hypothetical scenario where the pandemic was just over, um, they they declared on Sunday morning. It's all over. Don't worry. Everything's open. Then an hour later the club Ipswich Town put all the tickets on sale. Uh we were pondering just how many people would have um would have gone to the Rochdale game and I honestly think they could have they could have half filled the ground with Ipswich fans, I think. That despite everything that's going on, I still think people would have rushed up there in their yeah. thousands to to watch that. Um so I'm kind of glad they didn't. Because um, a game of football with no neither team having a shot on target, that's just, that's
1: misery. I it's, mean, that's, it's, that's the... it's so bad, it's almost impressive, isn't it? What's that's the point? That, like... that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is the point? <laughs> what is the point? It's... The, whole, oh. the whole point of football is to shoot at goal and, and get it on target and score goals. So to have neither side managing that in 90 minutes, good Lord. Just out of interest, Hutchie, Um who's rocking a Ferrari to Rochdale? I mean we're, we're talking league 1 footballers here yes they're, they're still well compensated compared to the average mortals but they're not paid enough to be rocking a ferrari I wouldn't think let me was, just, it Ma- was it was it Marcus
2: Google it wasn't Marcus we'll get on no. to him in a minute um let me just use google cuz it is a it was a famous person famous in the inverted commas we were walking out of the ground and Stu spotted them turned to me and said look who it is um i have no no clue oh, can we were. do it
1: can we do a guess who
2: You'll never ever get it, but yes, please. Um, uh, right, uh, man, <laughs> male. It was a couple, so a couple. We'll, we'll start you off with that. Right, couple. Um,
1: t- TV presenters. TV, a TV couple. Yep. Um, it's, uh, sort of magazine type shows. Do they do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have they ever been on the One Show?
2: Um. I don't, they, know. They, I don't they, know. I don't know. I think they, they might be. I, they might. They are. They might be an ITV. Uh, might be under contract with ITV. I don't an know. ITV.
1: Do they appear together? On TV?
2: Yes. Very much. Very much. It's not, they are. It's not.
1: It's not Eamon Holmes, is it? No. 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 No.
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> no much. Have got, have much high, you will never ever get this. Roscoe, um, any
1: thoughts? TV couple. ITV.
0: I don't. I don't know.
1: <laughs> are we reality TV? Are we talking?
2: Uh, no. Um, Stu thought they were ghost hunters. Uh, no. they, were, they weren't. So I tell you who they are.
1: Yeah. Cause that's why I okay. of my comfort zone. I've got so, no
2: idea. So they are the, the Speakmans. Are you aware of the Speakmans? No. Yeah. So there we are, <laughs> but they must be doing okay. They're driving a bright red Ferrari. They're like a self-help therapists and life coaches. Okay. Um, Significant amount of of plastic regeneration has gone on in <laughs> in on both on both members of, of the couple, but um, apparently they are they're, they're Rochdale locals, presumably fans who uh, were at the game somehow, um, and sit on the sofa on this morning giving life advice.
1: Why are they I, allowed to go to the game?
2: I don't know. They might Cause they, they might be they might even be on the board. I don't know. They got
1: money. They got money.
2: That's why. Yeah, but there we go. That was. Um, perhaps
1: perhaps the highlight we'll come on to marketing in a minute but we haven't even spoken to rossi yet properly rossi how are you on uh, on saturday you sent a message to the group chat saying you spent all of your all of your day eating chocolate essentially
0: yeah that that was the same on on yesterday basically because when nothing happens i eat more because oh, yeah. if oh, i've time. got snacks in front of me and if nothing's happening in the game i go yeah i'll have another one Oh, still nothing's happening. So I'll probably put on a stone of all the Easter eggs and Ferrero Roches. My um my girlfriend's mum um gave us some Ferrero Roches, a big yeah. big um, tray of it. So a lot of that was eaten. So yeah, I need to run off this chocolate, definitely.
1: Uh Hutchie, how did you did you have a decent Easter? Obviously you have a, a young child. Easter exciting time because it's chocolate chocolate o'clock. Did you do any Easter egg hunts or anything like that? um not a not a formal easter egg hunt no uh
2: but there was there was some chocolate it was uh it was solid she had enough chocolate
1: do you know what we spent our easter sunday doing we put together a world cup of deciding what our favorite dog's food is um we had two sides of the draw eight contenders either side of the draw one goes through to a grand final so we had fruit and veg on one side of the draw savory snacks and meats on the other side uh, yeah, and it turns out that, that B unit's favorite food is broccoli. Raw broccoli was the winner. Raw, raw nice. broccoli. Yeah, he's so, a very health, very health conscious dog. <laughs> there can't be that many World Cups that come out with a winner that's raw broccoli. Exactly. <laughs> we filmed it all as well. Video is uh, is uh, is out there. Probably we're not going to share it with the people. Just to, just something for us to watch. But hey, it was <laughs> it was, a, it was a entertaining Easter Sunday. What definitely wasn't entertaining were the games, Hutchie. Um I don't want to. We don't want to talk. In depth about each game. So let's talk as a whole about the whole experience, the Easter weekend experience for Town. 2 um, 1, they won. It, it's it, obviously the way we started this, it, it, it's it, it's kind of need to remember that, that Town actually didn't lose over the Easter weekend. They got four points from six games, not really enough. Yes, they were playing the bottom two, but they beat Bristol Rovers 2 1 on Friday uh, and then drew 0 0 at Rochdale yesterday, rock bottom Rochdale, uh, which obviously was dreadful. So Hutchie, kick us off with your <laughs> thoughts, please.
2: We talk. We talk about, I think we probably use this expression every time we record one of these podcasts, talking about games in isolation. So in isolation, four points from two games is fine. Do that. Uh, even do that from this point on, hmm. they could, they could still make the playoffs. They, they, could, they could, they could still <laughs> I, make the playoffs on I that. Say it, come but, on. but this was, this was a weekend against the bottom two. Um, at a time where a spark is needed. Um, If we rewind to sort of 3.11pm on Friday, the spark was there. Ipswich were 2-0 up in 11 minutes. uh, And it looked looked rosy. It was a a, a change of system. Um, They didn't blow Bristol Rovers away in those 11 minutes, but that they were clinical without being exceptional and and it looked for all the world like they'd killed a game off early on and were going to go go on and comfortably beat a team that they should comfortably beat but on on Friday that didn't happen as we've seen so many times the simple act of of conceding a goal which happens to all football teams uh, threw it switch off hugely and it rattled them and they never got going again and, and then ultimately ended up kind of grinding out a 2-1 victory over Bristol Rovers. And you come away from that thinking, after 10 minutes, I was hoping for so much more, but fine, job job was done. We know this team isn't free-flowing. It's not full of confidence, but they have just got three points. So you come away from that thinking, okay, I can live with this. And then you go to Rochdale and you don't register a shot on target, as we've already said. And, And quite honestly, they didn't really look like registering a shot on target either and it just reminds you of the the frailties that this team have got i think they look scared on the ball they tentative is a definitely a word that i would use even their even their players that you would look to to try and make something happen in that team they look tentative on the ball the amount of times that paul cook turned round and yelled at his team at his at his bench the coaches were shocking on the ball we're just shocking on the ball and they were um just nerves just nervous confidence shot lacking ideas lacking creativity and ultimately lacking productivity which um which is how we're now in a situation where even kind of a point on the road which at previous times in the season you might think okay point on the road four points from two games suck it up move on we're just we're just waiting for this team to to show us something um and give us reason to really Believe that they can, they can make these playoffs. But ridiculously, it's still there for them. Um, it's, still, it's, it's still on. It, it is. is still on. Um, and maybe after the win on Friday, you might have thought, "Yeah, it's still on," and I can convince myself that. But after yesterday, I just feel really mis—I just feel really miserable about it. If I'm completely <laughs> honest, because um, yeah. I'd love to go
1: back if we could find a way of going back through the, all the podcasts we've done this season and find how many times we've used terms like lacking creativity and miserable and uh, n- too nervy on the ball and you know mental weakness, fragile, etc. I mean, it would be like a bingo board. It'd be pretty much every week. I mean, yeah, tune it up on on Friday, I was like, "Woohoo! Here we go! Town are going to win four or five here. The playoffs are still on, boys. We're in this." And then, it, then. They they go and it's switch town it up, like only they can, uh, and struggle to a 2-1 win. And then that shit show at Rochdale. Rossi, you start pretty much every game day that you do with, oh dearie me, what what can we say <laughs> about that? And that but that is a general reflection of the mood. How how are you feeling after the um unbeaten weekend?
0: Uh I swear there's not many Easter weekends that are, you know, been positive in the last decade supporting town, maybe the Newcastle, you know, 2017, Hughes volley. I think that was probably the last, because did we, did we beat Burton or was it Bournemouth? We drew, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of what the good Friday game.
2: There was a draw with Bournemouth. Yeah. In there somewhere and a victory over Burton.
0: One of those. So yeah, I just, I just feel so meh about it all. Just, just that is the word to use. I think, um, I was, I was in shock when we were 2-0 up. I was just like, I was looking across to all the other photographers and I think we're just in shock that there's been two goals inside 11 minutes and we thought, surely they're not going to go and score a few more here. And of course, they didn't. Um, Bristol Rovers, of course, pulled a goal back and the rest of the game was just us just looking at each other going, could we prefer to be somewhere else instead of this on a good Friday? Um, I just don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. What, I just don't know what any words to use anymore. We've repeated the same thing as you said. We can go back to all the podcasts mm. and just the same words are getting used every week. I'm sure you can have a screenshot of all our faces when we start the pod, and we're just yeah, just miserable because <laughs> that's the state of affairs at the moment. the The um, new manager bounce is not a thing at Itchers Town, um, which is a sad mm. thing. You know, Portsmouth for the Cowleys. Look at them. They're doing all right, mm. aren't
1: they? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that all comes back to just the pervading culture and atmosphere around the club. It's, it is. For, it is. The Ipswich Town are a losing franchise. They have been for a long time um, to take a turn for American sports. And it's going to take a hell of a lot more than changing the manager to turn that around. Right, um, Hutchie, before the weekend... There were, there were lots of quotes. I mean, they, they always talk a good game, obviously. Um, Chambers saying that they have to believe they can make the playoffs. And of course they do. What else are they going to say? Um, they can't come out and say, we're not up to this, to be fair. Um, and Cook said that he's going to try everything that he can. And he did over the weekend, didn't he? he? He switched formations. He changed up the playing personnel. Was there anything you saw formation-wise? He, he went he, he went away from his his favoured formation to a three wasn't it? He started and then... To a four-four-two, any any kind of glimmers of hope there, or what did you make of that?
2: In an attacking sense, not not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, they're there a solid they're a solid defensive unit at the back. Um, yeah. The goal they conceded against Bristol Rovers was a bit of a freak one, wasn't it? With Andre Gazzell turning into turning into trouble. Um, I think there, there's only three defenses in this league that are better the nip switch this season in terms of goals conceded, and, and, and that's Hull, Sun, Hull, Sunderland and, and Blackpool. Um, so as I said, when we did our big kind of contract, contract pod, um, the defense isn't really a problem in, in my mind. Um, it's just scoring goals. They just don't, they just haven't got the, the creativity, the bravery, just the, I think that I, I don't know the exact number, but they're in the bottom five for goals scored, which is quite frankly ridiculous. Mm. It's embarrassing by by this point of the se- season to be in the position that they're in in terms of scoring goals. And I'll be honest, he did try everything. It, 3-5-2 was the starting formation for both of the games. He switched to 4-4-2 in both of those. A brief period, I think he went back to the 4-2-3-1 at Rochdale yesterday. Mm. Um being completely honest, I don't think any of them. They look like scoring, be, being threatening more in any of them. To be completely hmm. honest, aside from that, that ten-minute blitz at the start of the game, when um, obviously the first one's a, an own goal that's been kicked against on Edwards' shin and then kicked into the back of the net off the post, and then the second one is Andre Gazeau slicing a shot from the edge of the box, which Alan Judge then had blocked. Before firing it in, so in in terms of actually cutting teams open and attacking, I'll be completely honest, I didn't didn't see anything different from those systems. He used all of his substitutes. He emptied the bench again at Rochdale. Hmm. Um, even Aaron Drynan uh, couldn't couldn't <laughs> couldn't couldn't make things better. So even um, Drizzy. yeah, I know. And and, uh, and and there we are. It's just
1: no, <laughs> they, they just Sim- missed. They just miss Norwood so much, don't they, Ross? I mean, Norwood is so important as mm. as a kind of attacking force, and that player who can manipulate and use the dark arts, which is a term I love. But without him, they're just toothless, aren't they?
0: Do you know what? I don't think this this is not a new thing for Irish Town. The last uh, sort uh, since Daryl Murphy, we haven't really scored many goals, as Hutchie said, defensively. We're pretty mm. solid. We don't concede many goals, but the last few seasons we've struggled to score goals, basically, and create chances. You know, even I know last year started, you know, or we you know HS pista league, hundred goals, hundred points. But even back then, we weren't scoring that many goals. You know, maybe two ones, you know, stuff like that, three nils here and there. But we're not a really high scoring team, are we? And as you said, with Norwood, we are too toothless when we haven't got a, a recognised goal scoring striker. Because Cain mm. Jackson, he's not going to score goals. I know he was our joint top goal scorer last year, 11 goals, but that's still not many goals, really. You know, 11 goals, you know, at, um, Johnson and Clark Harris, he had 11 goals in his first 15 games or something like that. So mm. I think that's that's been a problem for a while now, um, mm. which I don't think, you know, <laughs> we've not sorted for last, last since Darren Murphy's left. We haven't got our goal scoring striker. I know Norwood was that was that striker when we signed him. Mm. But um, he hasn't been the man, unfortunately, because of injuries and players around him not been able to create chances. And I think that's the main problem Paul Cook need to look at is scoring goals because we we just don't do that.
1: Mm. Paul Cook's in a really strange position, isn't he, Hutchie? Because with eight games to go, Town are still in it. That you know, Obviously, the results haven't been great since he's, he's come in, but there's certainly three points off the playoffs. And yet, you feel from what he's saying, he's kind of decided that he hasn't got the players... With the quality that he wants and needs, so going forward, I'd imagine he's thinking already. I'm going to ship a lot, of, a lot of this out, but he has to kind of still put on a positive front, doesn't he? Because ultimately, they are still in with a shout of making the playoffs. It's a weird situation.
2: Yeah. I think he, let's be honest, I think he probably knew exactly what he was walking into in terms of the players. He's not just going to have taken this job on whatever day that was, February the 20, 27th or whatever, whatever day. Mm. Um, it was actually, I think it was actually March the second that that he took the job. But when Lambert left, he, he didn't just suddenly take the job that day. He'll have watched. There's every chance he's watched every single game that Ipswich Town have played this season. He'd have known the players that he was coming into, and I'm sure he probably made decisions on a lot of those players that he was coming into. I also think he would probably agreed to come in and take this job with Ipswich much further adrift from the playoffs than he ultimately inherited them in because mm. of the the upturn in. In results, strangely, in those final those final couple of games of the the Lambert era, in inverted commas, there and then the win at Accrington almost kind of put the team in a completely different position to the one that he probably agreed to take over. I, I would I would hazard a guess without knowing the exact timeline of when he agreed to take this job. So I'm not enti- I'm not entirely convinced he felt he was genuinely coming into the serious the serious kind of promotion battle that he, that he has ultimately come into. Um, I think performance, I think these performances have been worse than, 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 than some of, some of the previous ones. Um, I'm not in any shape or form suggesting that that equates to any kind of pressure on, on Paul Cook because, because that just simply isn't the case, but it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre situation, and you you can tell from from the way that Paul Cook answers questions, both to the club media and to the external media, that he he knows he's in this strange old position, exactly as you've just described. One where bizarrely, there's a playoff place which seemingly is there for the taking if they fancy taking it, but he probably deep down knows that he hasn't got the players. He hasn't got the players to do that. I think he's all clearly he's already worked out that he doesn't have the players to play the system that, that he rigidly wants to play because he, he's moved away from it and he won't have done that lightly, certainly.
0: Hmm.
2: What
1: you mentioned the results there, but just before he came in, Hutchie, which kind of added a, a level of kind of enthusiasm and expectation to, to Cook coming in. They beat Hull and they beat Doncaster. Those now, if you look at them as a season, they're like the outlier results. But what suddenly clicked? in those games that hasn't for the rest of the season because they that's the only time they've shown that they can really compete with with the top sides they beat two in a row um Matt Gill was heavily involved with that wasn't he um yeah and it, i mean can you put your finger on anything there that what's why was that <laughs> how did they manage that and now they they're being ranked bad away at Rochdale. well st- stylistically
2: it was a it was a bit more kind of back back to basics that was that was how they did that. It was a bit more front to back, a bit more physical. They had James Norwood in the side, which um clearly, clearly helps. He obviously he scored in both of those games. They they had the, the kind of the, the veteran defence of, of Chambers Wilson, NCR. I think Kenlock was in there as well. And they they stuck with the the same team for a few games, a bit more rustic up front with with Troy Parrott and James Norwood, who were a bit more hus- hustle and bustle and it's just it was just a real back to basics kind of front to back, um, not trying to overplay, not trying to do anything that's beyond, maybe beyond the players. Just it was, a, I guess the best way to describe it is it was it was comfort zone football, and um, I don't necessarily think that that's something that any new manager would want to come in and, and start playing, especially a especially a manager that's got such a clear philosophy like Paul Cook, who who clearly is a man that knows what he wants and knows what gets him success. So of course he's gonna come in and try and try and implement that. In theory, he would he would hope that he's got the players to do it, but he's um he's worked out that he hasn't and and, and here we are sort of mixing and matching again, trying to find something that suits these players for for what is now an eight game season. But um mm-hmm. you're right, that that little period now seems like a a little outlier um in a in an ocean of 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 rubbish
1: yeah 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 which sadly is like the actual ocean full of rubbish um boys i want to ask you two more questions one each on a peek behind the curtain tip before we go to mbq and then i want to finish the show talking about the eight cup finals that town have left and how you'd approach the rest of the season roscoe peek behind the curtain time you are in a privileged position pitch side at a time when fans can't go to games, we've talked a lot about how fragile the Sichric Town side are, how quiet they are. Can you, see, when you're sitting literally metres away from them, can, can you see those those signs of mental fragility? I mean, are they shouting each other? Or are they kind of shrugging their shoulders? You said earlier that Kate kind of gave the impression they didn't really want to be there.
0: I wouldn't say that. I think at the end of the day, they're in a privileged position of being professional footballers. Um, of course, a league one and it's just town not playing very well. I, I don't know. They have lost that, that, that energy, that maybe that positivity they had early in the season when they were doing the, you know, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, those sort of celebrations, but yeah, there's not, I don't know. Chambers has lost that vocal side of him. I think he's. I would say he's given up. I don't think they've given up. I think they're just they're just so I would not say frail, but they're just.
1: Is there anyone yeah. out there kind of demanding better of them? You know, you want someone to to kind of grab them by the scruff of the neck and fire everyone up and say, "Come on, boy! You know th- this is Rochdale, <laughs> we can we can beat this lot." I was I was staggered. Um, again, I guess he's not going to say anything different. But Alan Judge, the club, put out a clip of him saying it's a good point at Rochdale, um, which did him no favors at all um is there anyone kind of literally grabbing people and, and dragging them by their bootstraps out there
0: not really there's not uh, like i know you're in a different position to me um for home games but i know we, the thing is we can hear them more but i don't know they're just, they're just saying what they normally would say in a game but they're not mm. i don't know someone's they're not like getting a, a diesel. someone pick diesel and go come on let's get go here i think they're just I'm sure the atmosphere, if fans are in there, I thought that, I think maybe they would be more up for it, be more pumped up for it. But I think now, because it's been so many months, it's literally been it's been a year now since they've not been able to play in front of fans, I think it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's the norm now for them just to have no atmosphere and just play in silence. You know, they're just, mm. they're probably the I mean, only time they're passionate is with the referee, probably about a bad decision or something.
1: I understand that as a professional athlete, you're used to playing in front of fans and and you feed off the fans, but everyone's in the same boat. And if you can't get up for games like this with, you know, playoffs on the line, that's a worrying sign if no one's really kind of firing each other up and demanding better of each other, really. Um, Hutchie, I wanted to ask you as well, on a a peek behind the curtain tip, you had a a guest viewer with you, just a row behind you or two, um, the owner of the club. Could buy himself a thousand Ferraris and burn them if he fancied it. Um, Marcus Evans, what, what was it like watching football with Marcus Evans and what's he like watching <laughs> the game? Is he uh, is he effing and jeffing at the ref? Uh,
2: without the Fs and the Jeffs, there, there are some comments towards the referee. Oh, um,
1: bloody hell, ref, come he's on.
2: It's just <laughs> like it was overall the whole thing was completely bizarre, really, because Mar- Marcus Evans was sat sort of oh basically a seat away over my right shoulder in an empty empty sort of stand and then Stu and i were essentially sitting essentially sitting on the ipswich town subs bench right as well so in front directly in front of me and every time he moved his head david cornell's man bun was rocking my (laughs) rocking my laptop backwards and forwards so it was a it was a fascinating experience really um it's disappointing that there there wasn't an Ipswich goal I'd I'd like to have seen how Marcus had uh, reacted to that but um I think he's just like any other kind of football fan really there's different kinds of fans aren't there there are there are people that enjoy sort of banners and and bouncing and flags and songs and there are others who enjoy watching the game sort of chattering along to the person that they're with um Marcus was the latter. There's so many football fans. It's just really similar to a lot of football fans. Like every time someone got the ball, like go on, judgy. Um, mm. If a pass didn't connect, it was kind of like, oh, it's like if he's not getting a, pen- a new contract.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> not, <Sorry> quite. No. <laughs> not quite. Not um, quite. Yeah, just a clearly in- invested in the game and um, in a kind of reserved way that you'd you'd expect a man like him to be. To be invested in a game at Rochdale on Easter Monday.
1: Um, you, I mean, Marcus Evans has got lots of other things you can be doing with his time. The man has a house in Barbados. Uh, yet he, he chose to spend his his Easter Monday watching Town at Rochdale in person. Um, is that the kind of actions you'd expect of someone who is on the verge of selling the club, Hutchie? He certainly. But what you're saying he's is very much invested still in what's going on on the pitch. Yeah
2: it wouldn't you know without going massively into the obviously all the talk of the takeover it's not it's not probably not what i'd be doing if i was selling it in the next few days Mm. um it's not kind of an emotional goodbye either going to rochdale to (laughs) sit and sit in an empty ground in roch in rochdale isn't kind of like one last hurrah um but you know he's been at loads of games recently he was at wigan he's been been at portsmouth he's been he had a long meeting with paul cook after this game where I, all sorts would have been discussed would love to have been a fly on the wall for that um but yeah he's he's consistently been at these games and i think you can clearly question a lot of his decision making and we we have done and we we will do again i'm sure but to say he's completely given up on it would be would be wrong because you need a really good reason to go to Rochdale on an Easter Monday. Um, ultimately, ultimately he was there and probably didn't find a good reason why he was there, but he was so, um, but a fascinating experience to sit. sit there. I picked up his hat for him, <laughs> it blew, blew off his head. Is it, is it made that, of gold? It felt expensive. Um, <laughs> a a high, very high thread count in this. Yeah. this, this kind what of
1: does cap, what, do, what does a man worth so much money use as a face mask? He so just got a hundred dollar, hundred pound note across his across his face. <laughs> he, he wasn't wearing one. Ah, what? Unbelievable! Oh no, that's um,
2: yeah, we'll keep that we'll keep that quiet. But no, he wasn't. He wasn't wearing one.
1: But, but yeah, he just, just stitched together some hundred pound, hundred dollar <laughs> bills. Just. Superb. Right then, boys. Um, I want to move on. Uh, and I want to move on to Mark's big question.
2: Mark's
1: big
2: Question. Question.
1: There you go. For those of you watching on video, you've just got a peek behind the scenes because I'm assuming we didn't play the intro in over the video. <laughs> so you just saw us sitting in silence for a minute or less than that, 10 seconds while that played. Uh, boys, in honour of It's Which Town, this week's question is, I want to know, give me some examples of a time when you've seriously overestimated your ability because clearly that's what we've all been doing for town for the last couple of seasons. Um, I, have you got any any starters? Because I've got a few I can kick off with if, you, if you'd like.
2: I've, I've got one if you want it go with it clay pigeon shooting easy right <laughs> that's um, for mine as well is it yeah wow uh i assume you're like me you think you've got good hand hand eye coordination good i have good at good at the the uh, the royal sport of darts good at tennis uh world-class catcher um yeah. i cannot do clay pigeon shooting absolutely woeful didn't listen to the instructor because i thought this is easy yeah. um, <laughs> Missed every single one of them. I think this is probably on some kind of stag do ten years ago or so. But absolutely woeful. Embarrassed yeah. myself and just didn't give it the respect and attention that I deserved. Dreadful.
1: Yeah, I think f- for me, all of my kind of overestimating my abilities come with kind of physical challenges. I think it was it was Gandhi, wasn't it, who said um, the secrets is are deep. Ripe. The secret to life is is to know oneself. And I think as you get older, you realise how how true that is. And I think in most spheres of my life, I'm fairly self-aware. I know, for example, that um, I'm terrible at DIY, so I'm going to pay someone to do something if it needs doing. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to read a map because for some reason I can't read a map. And you don't need to anyway because there are things called sat now these days. Um, All that kind of practical stuff, I know I'm terrible at, so I don't do it. But when it comes to physical challenges, like I guess most men, broadly brushing with the stereotype, I, I kind of walk in with the swagger of Conor McGregor thinking, yeah, no problem, mate. This is well easy. I, c- I can do this. Um, and so I, there are several, several um, times, I think I've spoken before about my complete failure to be able to even do the basics of water skiing in Mauritius when I was dragged back into the beach like a, a drowned dolphin did the uh, the drag of shame onto the beach, useless at that. Clay pigeon shooting, me and my missus went for a weekend away at one of these kind of outdoor sport things and we decided we are going to have a competition. Mainly I decided because clearly I was going to wipe the floor with her at everything. Um, So we did clay pigeon shooting, we did archery, we did orienteering, and we did other stuff. And literally by the end of the weekend, I was a broken man. She beat me at everything. Clay pigeon shooting, I could not, I I thought, well, it's all right. It's just like playing the computer, isn't it? Just point and shoot. But it's so difficult, isn't it, Hutchie? Because you have to kind of monitor the 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 trajectory of the the what's it called the the the, the, the clay the classic the clay uh, and kind of then predict where it's going to be while at the same time trying to lift your your weapon and 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 aim it accurately as to where you think it's going to be dreadful at it archery the same dreadful she ended up actually this was humiliating she ended up the whole weekend came down to a crazy golf um, competition which again i was losing and she threw it she threw it to make me feel better at the end, she took oh, like, mate. she took like fourteen on the final hole when all she needed to do was, was basically get ten or something. Um and she did it deliberately, I think. Which oh, made me feel mate. even made me feel even worse about myself. <laughs> That's a bit pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Absolutely. And the other the other thing I, I I was really bad at when I tried was mountain biking. Again, you think oh, that's just dead easy. I mean, Hutchie, you're a cyclist, so you'll re- relate to this. Um, this is dead easy, no problem at all. Um, let's go to Thetford Forest and have a race, shall we, Liz? Um, first of all, I hadn't factored in the f- that if, I, if you're not, if you're a male and you're not used to riding a bike, um, and you don't have padded shorts, riding a mountain bike along kind of potholes and and bouncing areas is extremely painful. <laughs> And I remember she was. She actually ended up waiting for me as I as I kind of lamentably picked my way down this potholed uh, hill, exclaiming and profaning with every bump because my knackers were in bits, boys. I'm, I'm not going to mess around. Um, yeah, I was a pathetic specimen again with the missus waiting for me. Um, Hutchy, do, do you uh, as a cyclist? Do your uh, your old chaps eventually adapt? You get the padded shorts and you're fine
2: i've got a nice i've got a nice pair of paddies um (laughs) got two pairs actually um yeah you'll you'll be fine um you need to find a different saddle potentially yeah um and maybe sit a little further back on it uh what
1: else can i offer you you just need to have trust in your bike it's like i was sitting on a blade it was it was painful anyway um rossi how about you you're a man of uh, of many many talents. I'm sure you've never really overestimated <laughs> your ability doing anything, apart from, of course, your ability to pronounce names, which you frequently overestimate. Uh, I'm really yeah.
2: hoping he's not going to tell us he's picked up a gun. <laughs>
0: that, that's going I've done archery. I weren't too bad at archery. Yeah. Um. Got a bullseye once. Um. It's another physical. Activity and this is recent as well. This is a year ago now. So, this is when lo- lockdown sort of was gone, and it was for Sasha's birthday. We, uh, she booked, um, you know, climb it's a climbing itch, which there's yeah, yeah. a rock climbing thing, yeah, yeah. And I thought I was going to be the dog's bollocks. I thought, you know, I walked in, I thought, yeah, I'm going to be the man for this. Climbing. I've done rock climbing before, I've done it yeah. before, but and of course, you know, there's kids about as well. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to climb as far as these kids, no, no problem. And no, 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 no. There's a few I just... I don't know. I just kept climbing. I went, I don't know. I just can't go any further. And then this other kid right next to me was just like... A child. (laughs) A child. Yeah, like probably an eight-year-old just like, oh... Yeah. I I just I was scared as well. Was, I'm, I'm happy to well, say I was I, scared to you know when you, you have to jump heights. down. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not scared of heights, but just jumping down and you know doing because once again I'm thinking of my you know my bollocks because you know it does actually hurt you a little bit when you like got, have yeah. to jump and then like that. You've got, so you've got the harness, haven't you? Around the chest Harness, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I felt I was going to be every obstacle. I thought was going to be yeah, get right at the top, hit the button because when you hit the button, that then brings you down. But right. I think I only did one. I think, <laughs> but the rest. I was trying to impress Sasha and I don't think I didn't impress her at all um because all the other 8-year-olds around us were uh, well
1: yeah were beating beating me very much so so Why is it boys we've uh, it's it's a male gene isn't it It's this kind of thing that, that most most blokes seem to have this massive overestimation of their own physical prowess
2: Well both of you boys there have been uh, been trying to impress women and that's yeah. where you thought that's where you've fallen down um, Yeah I learned not to try and impress my wife in, in any way whatsoever. And that's uh, served me absolutely fine. She has no expectation of me now. That's there you great.
1: go. What you want to do is lower expectations. Exactly. Lower that's,
2: the expectations.
1: That's the key to a happy marriage. There you go. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because right, boys. When you do something reasonably good, you're in Ma- You're in the money. You're in credit. You've got money ha- points.
1: Yeah, exactly. There you go, boys. We've learned there then that um, we all are pathetic men. Uh, <laughs> let, let's move on. Boys, I want to talk about the rest of the season now. Um, there's eight games left. First of all, Hutch, I want to come to you. On this show a couple of weeks ago, we all went round the table, virtually, obviously. There's no longer a table that we can sit around safely. Um, and me, Stewie and Roscoe all said, no, nah, mate, they're they not going to make the playoffs. No chance. Um, and you said, yes. Yes, by Jove, they will make the playoffs. I tell you, I beseech thee, they will make the playoffs. Are you still confident? That was four games. When was it? When I
2: don't know if this was before or after Fleetwood, but it was at least four games ago. They've Mm. let me down in that time, um, big time. In my mind, they they should. I thought they'd probably lose the Portsmouth game, but I also thought they'd win at Wigan and possibly Rochdale as well. So in my mind, they should have been in the top six at this point. And then I'd still be thinking they've got a chance of getting in there because because this league's dreadful. Um, but they've, they've made zero progress over those four games. Um, I'm not sitting here now feeling confident they're going to make those playoffs at all. They've let me, they've let me down. I was expecting to see some form of progress in, in four matches. Um, Cook's had eight now. And I think if we were going to see, um, sort of the rocket launcher start under a new manager. We'd have seen that by now. So, I'm I'm probably back in the pack now. Back in the uh, back in the pessimistic pessimistic pack uh, with everybody else. Um, so you're saying they, no? They're going to have to prove it to me now. I still think they can. Um, well, they can. Of course. Absolutely, they yeah. can because the league's dreadful. The teams that the teams they're playing are poor. But but Ipswich Town have proved themselves to be nothing more than poor in those last. Uh, on over the piece in those last four games, I, I was genuinely expecting some real progress from them. In that t- time, they've got more injuries. In that time, they've lost Norwood again. Um, so I'm not, I'm not in the optimistic camp anymore. I still think they can, though, and I'm so I'm, I'm not gonna,
1: I'm not gonna rule them out. But um, you're using interesting terminology there because, of course, they can. Mathematically, they can, but will they? Are you saying they will or they won't?
2: Well I don't think they will know. And I'm not sure I was quite as strong as you're suggesting like, <laughs> a few a few weeks ago either. But um I recall it but... as
1: guaranteeing staking your life. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well I might cash out if I'd staked yeah. my life on it then I'm probably going to cash out and sort of reclaim a, a small portion of my of my immense wealth and <laughs> and life. Uh yeah. I I would not be putting any money whatsoever
1: on them to make the playoffs
2: from here. But okay. We will but they see.
1: Can. Um, Roscoe, you weren't involved in the contract chat as well, which I want to get your views on. Um, and I, I'm gonna come back to you on this as well, Hachi, because I'll be interested to know if you change your mind on, on any players there. But of the 13 players, Roscoe, the first team players, um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How many of those players would you keep off the top of your head?
0: Um uh, uh, uh. Not many of them, but then also we still need a squad to, to yeah, to, for next season because I don't know how many players Paul Cook's going to be able to get in. Uh, I think you got to look at maybe the core of the team. Like, I think defensively, we've been, as Tachi said, we have been solid. So maybe you keep Toto. Um,
1: you, Wils, got maybe Wils, Ch- Wilson, Chambers. Wils? What are you saying?
0: Mm, Chambers, not for me. I don't, I don't want. People over thirty, really, in our squad. To be honest with you, wow. Um, I know that. What, what good about friend. in your place of work? How do you feel about? How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, we need experience still, so
1: uh... experience and leadership. Yeah, leadership. That, yeah, that's that saying. You don't want people over the age of thirty in your side is is what a twenty four year old would say. Um, <laughs> you're not that far away, my friend. Just you wait until you, it, it, it hits yeah. you, yeah. and then you're like, "Hold on, I'm not ancient just because I'm 30. Anyway, carry on.
0: Um, I'll still maybe keep Jackson Edwards because at the end of the day, they're still we've spent money on them, so the value there. Um, who else we got? Bishop is a strange one, really. I think out of the thirteen, maybe four
1: keep four of them. But it's just which would you keep though? So you said you said Jackson <laughs> Jackson Edwards. Obviously, going to keep Edwards. Toto Wilson. To-
2: James Wilson's 32, by the
1: way, under your so age
2: I'm
0: not keeping Wilson. I know oh, you're not good. keeping Wilson? No, okay. I think once again, he's over 30. I think we need a, a refresh.
1: 28? 20, something oh, like okay. so he's, he's very much within the limit of, of Ross's age bracket. So you keep, <sighs> you're keeping think. you're keeping Toto, you're keeping Edwards. Jackson, you're keeping Jackson. Edwards. That's I'm 3 to think, who, who are the other players? Alan Judge. He's
0: in his 30s as well, isn't he?
1: You're literally going by name. That's it.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep them free. I haven't really thought this through properly. Um, I was going to keep Bishop, but <laughs> I think he could be one of the problems as well. I okay. think he's so, so you're keeping three Yeah. On top of my head. Yeah. Hutchie, um, have, you, have you,
1: have you changed your thinking since we had this chat? Have, not, have any of them...
2: not really. Um, I said, I said I'd keep all three of the centre backs. I still would. I, I get, I get the clamour for a complete and utter rebuild. I get that. But that's really tough to do in hmm. a summer. Um, so I would, in terms of the centre-backs, I'd stick. Um, I said yes to Chambers. I'd still say yes. I said thumbs in the middle for Cole Skews, I think, um, but based on an ability to win a contract over these last few games. He's not played since. Hmm. So that's not going so well for him. Stephen Ward would be a no. Janoi would still be a yes for the reasons we talked about before. Oh, yeah, Genoye. Genoye. Yeah,
0: I've got on yeah, I've got that Genoye. He's
2: not in his 30s, is, is he? He's 28, probably 29. No, <laughs> no. He's, oh, yeah, I think he's maybe 27. So you, you could even give him a three-year deal and you'd be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, Edwards, I said no. and I still stick by that. Um, James Wilson, I said yes. Obviously, Sears would be a no. Hughes, no. Dryden no. Uh, The one I am maybe wavering on a little bit is Caden Jackson. Um, We talked about, we talked about the issues, haven't we about, about the fee that was paid out for him and how tough that would be for the the cord to be cut. Mm. But it's abundantly clear. They're just not, they're not creating enough. They're not looking threatening enough with the, the group of strikers that they've got, whether that's one that needs to change. I, I don't know. Um, he's maybe gone from a tick to a, a thumb he's maybe gone from a thumbs up to a uh, to a that sort of on the way on the way down but um bishop i was in the middle of wasn't i i think you two both said a thumbs up um yep. i'd love ipswich town to keep teddy bishop but i i really although he's made a few steps forwards i don't think he's what paul cook wants in that position, whether that means it's the right thing to let him know, I, I, I'm not letting go. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. I think he's a player that has something different and can offer something different um, that that not many midfield players had. I think he played really well against Bristol Rovers, and I'd, I'd like Ipswich to keep him, but I fear that he's the one that might get released that would maybe raise a few eyebrows. Out of out of these, um, I hope I'm wrong because I like him as a football player and I want to see Ipswich find a way to use him. But I don't think I've changed my mind on 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 any of these really. Just solidified a, a few of them, mm. um, mostly in the attacking in the attacking third of the pitch. Complete the one,
1: rebuild. The one that's going to be really interesting in terms of a statement is Chambers, isn't it? Um, if if they get rid of Chambers, then that is like literally pressing the reset button. And a lot of people have different views. Me and Roscoe think he needs to go. You and you and Stewie say keep him. So we shall see. He's, st- oh. he's
2: still performing. He's still performing. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy the overall argument of him being the problem. I think I think he's been dragged down to the level of a lot of the other players. Um, mm. That's that's how I feel about it. He's still performing. He's still playing every week. I thought he was their best player yesterday. Um yeah. and they're and they're not i don't think defensively they're a problem I think he I, could he could get you could get him a new lease of life potentially if you still think he's a good enough football player, which i think he is, i think you could get a new lease of life out of him by giving him a new be giving it kind of a new group to be a part of um yeah. i think that could that could reenergize him i think it's just all too stale um but he's a player that i still think i still think can do a job for them for one more one more year so i would- i wouldn't be I wouldn't be letting him out the door.
1: Do you know, I, I don't dispute that he can still do a job as a player. Like he clearly, is, as we've said, the defense is, isn't really the problem and he, and he's played a lot of games this season, and generally done all right. Um, but my issue, as I've always said with him is, is the power that he wields and the culture that he helps build and, and kind of enforce, which is a losing culture. And I don't think you can change that approach if you keep him. We said this put anyway, um, what I do enjoy, though, is we, we talked last week about the money ball approach that Town are now trumpeting, stats and analysis. Roscoe just going with one very simple stat. Is he 30 or not? <laughs> right. That's all the analysis we need. He is 30 and over. Get rid of him. if it's He's closer sp- to 40. <laughs> yeah. If he's under 30, keep him. But, but Ross, he scored 35 goals this season. He's 31. Out the door. Get rid of him. Well, <laughs> um, right then, um, Actually, I want to put you in Paul Cook's shoes. Big shoes, I'd imagine they are. He's a, he's a is he a big man? I don't know. I've never stood I've never seen him.
2: Uh not particularly. He's um I don't know. I, I want to say he's maybe five foot ten. Average.
1: A- average size. Taller than me, yep. Well, yeah, but you are probably uh, under the average, I would say, unfortunately.
2: I'm the as we've discussed many times, I am the average height for a male from Bangladesh. And that is <laughs> and that is, is that- where I'm at. Is that with or without the lifts? The uh, oh, yeah, yeah. natural. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my that's my pure pure
1: nature. This is how nature made me. Um, eight games left. Uh, Hutcher, you're in charge. Paul Cook, what are you doing? What formation are you playing? Who are you trying to play? What are you going to do? I think
2: he's seen enough from these than these systems he's tried over the last couple of games to see that it's not made much of a difference. So I think I'm going back to the the system that I know and the system that I feel comfortable coaching, which is the four, two, three, one. Um I don't think they've I, I may, maybe I'd be tempted to give it one more go with wing backs with Kenlock um as the left sided wing back instead of Stephen Ward, who just hasn't hasn't got the legs to do that to do that job. Um mm. Maybe, maybe the MK Johns game that gets one more go with some 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 good legs on that left left flank. He's he's a good good athletically, Miles Kenlock. So um Miles Kenlock all, and Josh Harrop also did a very good job yesterday at Rochdale of um picking up Stu's notes, which uh he'd run out of space in his notebooks. So as he got in the car yesterday morning, he, he just had this load of A4 paper that he was ripping up into small bits. He's a big note taker, is Stu. Yeah. Me all up here. Um, what's Susan, like,
1: note? what's he taking notes on?
2: Just points in the game and things like okay. that. Um, d- different. There's different ways of doing it. Um, mm. but um, but the wind kept blowing them off down into the subs bench. So, uh, <coughs> so, so between Miles and Josh Har- Harrop, they were like picking up his shorthand notes and looking at it, and probably thought, "What on earth is this? Yeah, what's <laughs> what's this guy just been squiggling? Yeah. squiggling absolute nonsense down on a bit of paper. So um I'd get Miles off the bench, I'd get him in the team. I'd maybe give the wing backs thing a go. Uh if James Norwood is fit, I would but I would if he was fit, I'd be tempted to go back to the 4 2 3 one Um there's hope that Vincent Young and Flynn Downs could be fit for the weekend game potentially. I'd they'd be risked. There'd be risks, but it's maybe time to take a risk. I'd be probably pushing them maybe, maybe from the bench to start with. Um, but probably I'd ultimately land back at the four two three one one that he's comfortable coaching mm. um, and maybe just, and, and the system they've done the majority of their work together on so far, because honestly, I don't think these other system changes made an awful lot of difference to what Ipswich were able to do. So yeah, I'd probably go with that and just, Go by my principles. If I was Paul Cook, if if this team's going to go down, at least they're going to go down with me confidently trying to coach them in the system that I believe in. Um, mm. They'll answer the questions about whether they fit long term as well in that in that time, because they'll be playing in the roles that that Cook will see them playing long term if they're kept around. So I'd do that, and I'd uh, I'd
1: just see where it gets me. If I'm completely honest, that could have been dead awkward, couldn't it? With with Chewy's notes blowing into the Town bench. <laughs> If he'd written like this game definitely doesn't need Kenlock or <laughs> <laughs> Harrop's Har- Har- Dreadful, that kind of thing, <laughs> maybe a good yeah. job there. Maybe a good job there in shorthand. Um, Roscoe, in terms of the way forward, should any of the lone players and really it's only Troy Parrott's been playing consistently? Should any of them be playing now for the rest of the season? Is there any point? Uh,
0: we're well, we'll still have we we'll have still got to pay half of their wages or whatever it is so. I'll still pl- probably play Troy Parrott um, Josh Harrop he I feel sorry for him a little bit because I feel like he's got ability he's proven he has got ability but he hasn't really had the chance to really do what he needs to do to create stuff um, so maybe just them them two like like Mark McGuinness don't think he will probably play again um, who else is there Bennett's
2: Keenan Bennett's Luke Matheson <laughs>
0: Like Luke Matheson was a was a fantastic signing, but he's had injuries, and he so maybe I don't know, P- possibly not. I think he, I'm sure Paul Cooks w- wants to see what these players who are who are out of contract to see what they can do for the final eight games, and then he will decide on which ones will get a chance, or so maybe maybe not play the lone players, play these players to see if they've got enough to earn a contract. Mm. Um, I that- want to quickly go back. I'm not aegis by the way. I think you guys are in your peak of your prime. Not even hit your prime yet in your journalistic. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the like ju- people like John Watson, the commentator, I think he should stop now. He's 75. I think when you hit that sort of age, you should stop now. Um, John, so you've got, you got many years. John? You're
1: King? not Watson. Oh, I thought you said Watson. I thought you were slagging <laughs> over no. the uh, Italian no, no. leader there. Unbelievable. No, no. No, no, you're no, no. Not, You're
2: not ageist, but but se- se- you will draw the line at 75.
1: Yeah, that is too old. Okay. That, like, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Okay.
1: Should be retiring now. Yeah. You know. I I On a side note, I once interviewed John Watson and it was one of the most bizarre experiences of my life because John Watson, obviously an, an, an iconic voice, but everything he says when you're interviewing him is in John Watson voice, which is really odd when you're just kind of making small talk and he's like, it's like he's commentating on a football game at you at, at all times. Anyway, I digress. Bloody nice bloke, Suffolk link as well. Went to Colford, of course, John Watson, an old Colfordian. Um, Hutchie, loan, loan players. Where do you stand on that? Because my thinking is, what's the point? I know, just send just send them back. Cook surely needs to establish what he's got, doesn't he? If you
2: if you're going to say that about loan players, you can say that about the players that are out of contract as well. I I, I look. I, I don't think you're in the position now to be just saying no. If if you think they can be add something to the team, mm. even even that little bit more than. For argument's sake, if you think Mark McGuinness can play offer you that little bit more at centre half than Toto and Siana, which I, I disagree with. I don't think that would be the case at all. But if Cook felt like that, then you play Mark McGuinness. This is a an eight-game shootout to try and get into the playoffs and then, and then back to the championship. So no, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing that with the lone players just yet. Say it all fizzles out completely and it's it's done with three games to go, then then that's when you start making those decisions potentially. But while there's something to play for, no, I wouldn't be wouldn't be at all saying that. They're not they're not adding something more to the team, are they? <laughs> so um, so on that basis, they wouldn't be necessarily in my starting eleven. Aside from aside from Troy Parrott, who uh, who would have a fair shout of that. The others um, probably not, but I certainly wouldn't just be writing them off completely because they're on loan.
1: You're lonest, you are. I am. I am very much so. Um, well, then boys, uh, normally we try and finish on a high. Uh, and, and last season, talking about the ladies' side, was very much finishing on a high, Ross, because they were doing all sorts, making history. Um, and they've obviously had a very strange season again this season. And they, they played their first game on Sunday for, I think it was 112 days because of COVID. The FA Cup, Women's FA Cup, still on. They got to the fifth round last season, made history, um, obviously ended up losing to Manchester City or conquering Manchester City. Um but on Sunday they were back in action that unfortunately they lost to Bill Not quite Steph Houghton, etc. Um just talk us through the game on Sunday.
0: Lovely sunny day in Essex, I have to say that. Um if you've ever been to the Billericay ground, it's actually not bad. Not a bad little setup there. Um of course you know the the former owner who was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a mentalist uh, Glenn Glen Suffin. Tamplin that's the one. That's the one. Um, so, you know, there's a decent set up there. Um, it was just nice to be back. I'm sure the players there, they've been keen to to play some football again. Um, competitive football as well. Uh, the FA Cup, it just wasn't their day. Um, and it's bad to say this, but Billy Ricky wanted it more. You know, at the end of the day, at the moment, just Town Women, in our league, in our area, we are the team to beat. Mm. And they, they beat us. And, uh, yeah, 2-1. Uh, we took the lead. A fantastic strike. Um, it was live-streamed as well, so a lot of fans were able to watch it. Um, and then, yeah, Baleariki then equalised and then they, I think in the 86th minute, they they won the game 2-1. And yeah, we at one stage I thought, oh, we could possibly get an equaliser here, go to extra time, but just wasn't at it. Once again, just didn't take them clear-cut chances, weren't ruthless enough and... Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, Billerickie wanted it more and in a way, they maybe deserved it in the, in the overall aspect of the game, really.
1: Really good to see Amanda Crump back on the pitch, though. Yeah,
0: she she's a machine, really, because that's the second time where she's had a baby and she's straight away been on it, getting fit again. Um, like Last time, when her first baby she had, I think it was six weeks and she was playing again. So, wow. sort of like this time, of course, it's been COVID and lockdown. She's not been able to that opportunity to play a game, but mm. um, she is a machine. And yeah, it was great to see her back. I think that's the positive of it. And I think just overall, I think all the players are just happy to be back. And it's just a shame that, you know, their competitive football has now been scratched now. It's gone now because you know they're, they're going to be playing Cardiff for Oxford in the next round. And then the next round was Cholton because all the draws were... <laughs>
1: we're sorted Charlton 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 go and play Charlton um, <laughs> so yeah so essentially now their season's over they've got a few friendlies so i they you were saying they're going to play Southampton or
0: yeah so that's not confirmed yet um, oh, uh-oh. So, uh-oh. uh what uh oh uh but I think yeah uh, so I think they're going to hopefully play a few friendlies um <laughs> just to play some games before getting ready for next year because it's still up in the air if they're going to play in third-tier football because um, I think two two years back-to-back, they've been just destroying the league they're in. So I think they need to get the opportunity okay. to play the next step up, basically. So mm. we'll we'll find out when we, we find out. Superb.
1: Hutchie, anything else to mention before we take our leave? No, no other business, no. Nothing. No other business. What is the shirt hanging on your door, by the way? Because you've got shirts framed around you. And I know it's just over your shoulder. There's a Is it a town shirt that's hanging? No. Uh, which, uh, I'm struggling to know which way to lean there right It's a goalkeeper <laughs> shirt is
2: that Yeah <laughs> that's a that's a Swindon Town goalkeeper shirt that I've just got out of a uh, out of my storage box which I got given by a Swindon Town goalkeeper Why back have you in just decided to in get the out? Day. You it frame uh, No on? no I'm just sorting out um just having a sort out getting rid of some not that one but um mm. it's just being it's just un uncreasing on a, on a hanger, and that, that is where I hung it. Fair enough. Very very, very good goalkeeper he was. Wes Fodringham, who's currently uh, on the bench for Sheffield United, but he's better than that. He should be playing. Should be playing somewhere. He used to play for Rangers.
1: There you go, Wes. Uh, and Roscoe, before we go. Another Ross meets was out on Sunday. Sunday morning, Tommy Smith. Just um, tell people what you what you chatted about, so they can go and listen to that if they haven't already.
0: Uh, work permits weren't involved, so you not <laughs> yeah. worry about that. <laughs> um, but no, it was, um, it was just good to chat to him. You know, currently he's at Colchester. I actually spoke to him while he was in a hotel in Morecambe, an empty hotel preparing yeah. for a game. So uh, that was very glamorous. Um, but yeah, we spoke about a range of things during his time at the club. Um, spoke about his early days in New Zealand. That was interesting because, um, you know, he was born in England. He was here for eight years and then he went to New Zealand with his family. And then, of course, travelling to which on a Chichwana trial. And he then signed and he you know, made over 200-plus appearances. And, yeah, we spoke about the highs and lows during his career. Roy Keane, Paul Jewell, Mick McCarthy, of course, Jimmy Jilton briefly. Um, and then his little trip to Colorado. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Hachi? I have a question. Yes. Which um, which tournament did
2: Tommy Smith come up against Cristiano Ronaldo? Um, what was the name of the tournament? Well, oh, he... <laughs> Where he played against Portugal, caught
0: mm. a eight no, caught a oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tommy had to. Tommy yeah. Tommy had to. Um,
2: he helped to, you Tommy out.
0: Had, he ha- helped me out. Yeah.
2: He helped you out a lot. The Confederations Cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. Uh, I was gonna edit that bit out, but I thought, nah, we gotta keep it in. We have gotta keep it in. But um, yeah, little
1: people... It was very come, good.
2: Man. You should listen to it. It was very good.
1: Yeah, go back and listen to that. That's um, that's episode two of season three, isn't it, Roscoe? Luke Higham. Episode three. Off. Episode three. So you've done Luke Hyam. of course. Jamie Peters in the work permit. Fire permits. Um, and now Tommy Smith. So go back and listen to those if you've not already. And follow us on all our social medias: Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave us a five star review, please, if you can, on iTunes, because <laughs> that helps us greatly with the visibility in the in the iTunes chart and helps more people uncover and discover this gold that we put out twice or three times a week uh, and also obviously tell your friends about us if they haven't listened to us yet that would be superb boys I suppose we better take our leave go back to our daily jobs and start writing and thinking more about Ipswich Town I hope you have a a great start to the week we'll hopefully be back on Thursday with our second show looking ahead to the weekend and I'll also be obviously the game day extra time posse later on this week as well so thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you again next time Crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
2: plus.